This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Aaron Weissman, Chief Information Security Officer at Mainline Health System. Aaron, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. Now, I know I've got a lot to talk about. There's so much happening in the healthcare space, but before we dive into my questions, can you tell me a little bit more about yourself and your background? Sure. Uh, I've been Chief Information Security Officer here at Mainline Health for two years, a little over two years now. Prior to that, I was over at Health and Human Services up in Massachusetts as their Chief Information Security Officer for about three and a half or four years. And prior to that, I was an Assistant General Counsel both with Health and Human Services and then prior to that at State Street Bank and Trust Company. Absolutely. Wow. So you definitely have a long history within the health technology and information security space. And, you know, when you think about this as a career, what really drives you to just continue to uh, be interested in information security? What do you really um, has kind of inspired your career journey so far? Yeah, so I, I love technology. I always have, you know, since I was a little kid and knew that I wanted to be in technology. So, uh, you know, in college, I didn't really have a technical background. I was a poli-sci and economics major, decided to go into law and work, you know, with the legal system, with technology. And, you know, was very fortunate in my last role to be embedded with the IT team over at Health and Human Services. When the CISO position opened up, I applied they liked what I was, uh, you know, proposing and, and you know, uh, things went very well from there, I think. Absolutely. Yeah, that's fantastic. And how interesting to kind of have your career evolve in that way from an interest in just technology and the politics side to then really finding um, information security and then looking into the CISO role. So that's fantastic. What are you most excited about right now? What really um, makes you feel like things are going well? And, and you know, what are you really excited about? Uh, I'm on sort of the personal side, I'm very excited about being able to build up the security program here at Mainline Health. Over the past couple of years, there's been a lot of technology disruption as a result of COVID, as a result of compromised supply chains, et cetera. And it's been a real challenge to practice over the past couple of years. The security infrastructure and really IT infrastructure we're building as a result of that looks completely different than before the pandemic. And that's all really exciting stuff. There's a lot of stuff that we're testing that isn't you know, totally avant-garde or, you know, totally cutting edge, but the implementations of it, I think, are, and it, it's just been a very exciting past couple of years. Yeah, absolutely. I know that the pandemic had such a big impact on the healthcare system in general, whether it was the frontline providers to patients and families to everybody else who's within the healthcare system that really having to go through a lot and then evaluating, you know, what's really ahead for them. Um, but when you think about the information security side of it, you know, I, I can imagine there were just lots of, I, I know there were cybersecurity attacks and all those kinds of things, but what really kind of was heightened during the pandemic from your end of things that you had to shift um, kind of your strategy for it? I obviously don't go into too many details, but uh, just anything that's driving some of those changes. Yeah, I mean, you hit the high level, uh, right? So people are home, or, you know, were home, I guess, during the pandemic, and we really had to figure out okay, you know, where we're, our focus was on-premises, in our hospitals, how do we then turn that into a more distributed, uh, you know, threat landscape, and how do we safeguard that distributed threat landscape when everybody goes home and, and works from home? Uh, the other issue is the, the 
type of cyber attacks we've seen over the past couple of years has gotten more sophisticated. So we saw a spike in ransomware attacks at the beginning of the pandemic. And then what we saw throughout the pandemic is a spike on attacks on third-party vendors who aggregate a ton of data from a lot of clients and then are attacked themselves, where both they and you know the original data creator can be ransomed. So it, it, threat actors are getting more sophisticated. The threat landscape is a lot more amorphous, and it's just you know been a really great challenge, I think, trying to address both of those at once. Absolutely. I, I can imagine you have your work cut out for you. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> um, when you think about how things are growing and developing and some of the different threats that are coming up, um, are you, do you have to add different skill sets to your team? Uh, or, or when you think about team development, what does that look like for you? Yeah, we're not adding, I think, new skill sets as a result of that, but we're certainly focusing on different things than we would have previously. So, you know, our focus prior to the pandemic and, and you know, my focus back in Massachusetts was more on how do we safeguard things in place in our offices. So we were looking at more physical firewalls, uh, physical EDR appliances, um, endpoint detection and response, et cetera. And then post pandemic, we're looking at more cloud services. We're looking at more distributed services, stuff like that. We're also in our governance risk and compliance office uh, looking more towards how do we evaluate vendors and how do we make sure our vendors are doing what they're supposed to do? So that is a domain of security, I think has been growing over the past five to 10 years, but it, at least in our office over the past couple of years, growing very rapidly, very aggressively in order to meet this new demand on the office. Yeah, absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. And you know, thank you so much for going through all that with us. I think it's just so interesting to see how cybersecurity continues to grow and change and evolve as the threats change. Uh, when you look at technology becoming so much more part of the healthcare system, and as you mentioned, people working from home, now they're also receiving care at home and, and patients are you know, really um, becoming more involved in their healthcare decision-making and having the information and data to do so. Uh, from your vantage point, what aspects of healthcare are really primed for IT disruption as a CISO, what do you really see as being a place that really makes a lot of sense to focus on in the future? Home healthcare is probably the biggest area of focus for us moving forward. Um, you know, I think where we're taking long-term care and we're moving that potentially to patients' homes, or at least evaluating how we might do that, you know, we think about on-premises healthcare from a technology perspective, and we have dozens of biomedical devices supporting that quality of care you know, pulling all the information together, gathering telemetry, and then feeding it into an uh, EMR system that clinicians have been able to use um, to look at all the various data points and say, okay, here's what the diagnosis is. Here's how we're going to treat the patient. Uh, when we move all of that home, there are obvious security concerns because we, we lack the ability to secure it as we do in the hospital. There are also scaling concerns. You know, uh, it's really difficult to sort of tell someone, I think, hey, you need to have 60 devices in your own and you know have that also be manageable easy to support etc so i think it's a, an area that's definitely primed for disruption i'm very interested to see how biomedical device manufacturers cope with that moving forward yeah, yeah absolutely that's a really interesting point and it, as we've talked about here some of the different developments and, and 
potential areas where we could see additional uh, advancement and growth in the future, what do you see as then being some of the top challenges that you're preparing for over the next two years? From an information security perspective, our, our top challenges, again, you know, are looking at sort of this distributed threat environment and the growth of that distributed threat environment where we look at, uh, you know, home care and where we look at what, you know, individuals are just doing from a day-to-day -day basis working. Um, my other big concern is the continually evolving threat landscape. As that grows, as threat actors become more sophisticated, as you know, the, the shift in whether we pay ransoms or not, you know, forces folks to come up with new ways to come, you know, uh, 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 defraud folks out of their money. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to sort of see what happens over time with that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It puts you in just such a tough bind in terms of, you know, not wanting to incentivize those kinds of attacks by paying the ransom, but then also really needing to have access to that information to provide great patient care. I can imagine that's something right. that, you know, really, uh, really can weigh on healthcare organizations. Um, you know, is that, have you kind of played through some of those scenarios with your discussions with some of the other leaders of the health system or how does that usually go when you're connecting with other um, leaders, whether it's the CEO, CFO, or, or others in the C-suite? So we engage in biannual tabletop exercises where twice a year we all get together and we go through a simulated attack uh, the last one was in partnership with the FBI and Homeland Security based on what they're seeing in the environment uh, and, and threat landscape as well. I, I think some of the conversations we're having are, you know, if we're going to pay, how are we going to make that happen? How are we going to evaluate whether the, the payment is going to be effective at getting what we need? And then we also have the wrinkle of, you know, we don't want to be supporting terrorist organizations. Um, the Department of the Treasury came out, I think it was a year ago now, maybe it was a year and a half ago, and pretty much said, hey, if you pay the wrong people and they're on our no transaction list, you as an organization and you as an individual can be sanctioned because you're supporting terrorism, which just sort of threw a wrench into the whole thing and has made it uh, just that much more difficult to deal with. Um, so lots of different considerations there. Our best you know, defense is being able to understand how we're going to recover how we're going to continue caring for patients and what we're going to do moving forward. And I think, you know, by drilling that over and over, we've, we've actually become pretty adept at that. Absolutely. Well, Aaron, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. This has been a really interesting discussion, and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it.